Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. If you have your Bibles with me, with you this morning, would you like to turn to the book of 2 Kings? And I'm going to read from chapter 4 and verses 38 through to 41. And my Bible says, Elisha purifies the pot of stew. The title of my message today is, What Are You Eating? And Elisha returned to Gilgal and there was a famine in the land. Now the sons of the prophets were sitting before him and he said to his servant, put on the large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. So one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered from it a lap full of wild gourds and came and sliced them into the pot of stew, though they did not know what they were. Then they served it to the men to eat. Now it happened as they were eating the stew that they cried out and said, Man of God, there is death in the pot, and they could not eat it. So he said, Then bring some flour. And he put it into the pot and said, Serve it to the people that they may eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your word. Declare in this house that your word is life and truth. And Lord, we stand on the power of your word. From Genesis through to Revelation, we thank you for the completeness of your word, Lord God. And Father, we don't want to come with mindless genealogies or philosophies. We want to bring your word and the essence of your truth that you would, Lord God, impart it into every heart here today what you want each one to have, every revelation that you want them to have today to take away and, Lord God, to run with for the week that is ahead and the time that is in their hands. I pray, Father, this morning that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer to portray what only you want me to speak. And, Father, that your words would be heard, not mine. Lord, let me be your signpost this morning. And I give you praise and thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said. Reading from the New King James, we've had a discussion this week about versions of the Bible and um, I just want to say, everyone's choice of, of word, of the word that you read is, is personal and it's totally up to you. But I love the New King James and it's the one that God has given me and really impacted my life with. There are other versions, there are other illustrations that can be used. I think particularly the paraphrased versions, the message, um, the Passion Translation is another one that is very much a paraphrased version and I use it as an illustration only, but when I, when I bring the word, when I teach and preach, it is always from the unadulterated word of God. So I just want to clarify that today as well. And as I unfold this message today, you'll see where I'm coming from with all of this because, um, yeah, there are many deceptions out there and there are many things that can distract us and lead us away. So shall we get into the word? Amen. Right, the background of this scripture, there was a, there was a dearth in the land. The land. There was a, a famine in the land. It was going on and it went on for seven years 
during the midst of this time that this book was written and it went on. Um, and it had been another seven years back in Elijah's time. So Elisha was anointed by Elijah and there was a double portion of anointing upon Elisha to be a prophet. Um, there was famine in the land, so there wasn't natural food, but Elisha was sitting there teaching the sons of the prophets, the prophets and the sons of the prophets. So there was not a famine in the word of God, in the teaching of the wisdom of the word of God. So... Um, you know, he had them gathered around him. And you hear sometimes terminology like the school of the prophets. And um, Elisha was the original. He, he ran a school for the prophets and he taught them. In Second Kings chapter 4, there are five miracles recorded. Um, the first one, verses 1 through to 7, he multiplied the poor widow's oil. The second one was the blessing of a son for the Shunammite woman in verses 8 through to 17. And that same child he raised to life in verses 18 through 27. The fourth one was he fed a hundred, a hundred men with 20 small loaves. Have you ever seen those little bake-at-home bake loaves that you get at the supermarket? Will you imagine feeding a hundred people with... Um, with just a few of those loaves. It, it's that spirit of multiplication yet again, which we saw paralleled with Christ um, in Matthew chapter 14 and 15, where he fed um, the masses with the loaves and the fishes um, on those two occasions as well. So it was foreshadowed and done in the Old Testament before Jesus. So we see, they call that a midrash, where there is something in scripture that is brought through time and again, and it teaches you incredible truth in the word of God. Um, and then the one that I want to really major on today is he healed the deadly stew. 2 Kings 4, 38 to 41. So let's start. Verse 38. And Elisha returned to Gilgal and there was a famine in the land. Now the sons of the prophets were sitting before him and he said to his servant, put on the large pot and boil stew for the sons of prophets. So one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine. And he gathered it from a lap full of wild gourds. And he came and he sliced them into the pot of stew, although they did not know what they were. Because there was a famine in the land, Elisha wanted to provide natural food for those that were all sitting at his feet as well. And he was careful to make sure that he gave the prophets the food they needed, both in the natural and in the spirit as well. And he taught those wisdom principles of God to those that sat at his feet. You know, and I look around the world today and I see the incredible amount of hunger that's in the world today and the need today is arguably as great as it's ever been, especially when you see lockdowns happening and all of these new rules and regulations coming into play. You see that there's need, you see that there's um, hunger and people are looking for things and potentially looking for things in the wrong places. So the one went out and found the gourds and then they chopped them up and put them in the pot and they couldn't eat it. And my question today is what are we eating? What is it that we are eating? What was in the pot that was harmful for them? You know, we go out, he went out in his hunger and scouted around and found this vine and found the gourd and thought this will do, you know. So sometimes when we look at things and we think it's just what we need, it can be that the appearance is incredibly deceptive. The thing that we think we need is not necessarily the thing we need. 
those appearances and the deception of what appears to be so wonderful and so true can actually be a source of poison and deception as we put it into our pot. And I want to look into that a little bit more here. But we also see that they were willing servants. They went out. They went out to do what they thought was right. They went out looking for a source of sustenance to feed everybody. And I think they probably went out with a skip in their step, like it's dinner, lunchtime, we're going to get food, maybe. But they found the wrong thing. They were willing to put anything in the pot as long as it looked right and looked edible on the outside, but what was happening on the inside of it. They served it to the men to eat, and now it happened as they were eating the stew, they cried out and said, Man of God, there is death in the pot. This is really heavy. Last Saturday morning at prayer meeting, um, I was sitting there. There were only a few of us there, but we were really getting into to prayer, and I felt the Lord speak to me, There is death in the pot. And I thought, whoa, what have I done? Because <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but when I hear a strong word from the Lord like that, I immediately pull up and think, what are you saying to me, Lord? What do I need to be aware of? What is happening? And I felt God say, you can look around everywhere and see things that look great, that appeal to the senses, that are so excellent in, in the image and the facade of everything. But unless you take of the things of God, unless you take of the things that are going to bring the healing that we need, there will be death in the pot. At best, there'll be sickness if we take of the wrong things. At worst, there'll be death. And that can mean a physical death, a spiritual death. But when I was really pondering this and really thinking about this, I really felt God say, just look beyond the surface. And see the things that we are doing as a body of Christ and the body of Christ all over the world. And look and see, is there death in the pot? What are we eating? What are we preparing? What are we serving? What are we partaking of? Are we a church internationally that has an eating disorder? Are we a church that's partaking only of the things that we really like? Or are we a church that's absorbing every, every fibre of, of the word of God from beginning to the end, even the bits that really challenge us and make us feel really uncomfortable? Or are we a happy, clappy church that just wants to come in and feel good and not deal with the essence of the things that God wants to deal with in our hearts? That's a hard question. That is a really hard question and it's rhetorical and these are some of the things that I've been pondering and praying about in recent, in recent days, especially um, given the times that we're living in. So should we dig a bit deeper? Yeah. So they sat down, these men, to a hearty meal. And as they began to eat, maybe it didn't taste right. Maybe it didn't smell right. Maybe it did. Maybe it looked good. Maybe it smelt good. Maybe the fire that it was cooking on was bubbling it away and everyone was thinking, yum, this is what we need. But the moment that they started to eat it, they knew that if they were going to keep eating it, there would be death to them in the pot. 
And you see that we can be so deceived by appearances in things. They can be so deceptive. We need to look deeper. We need to look beyond the surface to see what's really going on. You see, there's a lot of food on offer in the world today. And there's a lot of food on offer in the churches today as well. But is it what is good and nourishing and great for us? Is it... Is it the truth of God's word? Is it the spirit of God breathing upon us and bringing us the things that we really need to be dealing with in the world that we're living in so that we can be the church that God wants us to be, to reach the community that God wants us us to reach, to be the heartbeat of Jesus for the community, to be the hands and feet of Jesus for the community? Or is it just that we are in a place where we are happy just to like the appearance of things hard questions aren't they and I think sometimes we all need to draw back and say what is this all about what is it that I need to do what is it that is the very thing that God is calling me to do what are the gifts that he's placed in my life so that I can serve him with all my heart and all my soul you see eating disorders we know cause people to starve We know that they cause physical ailments. We know that they can deplete us of our strength, of our health. We know that eating disorders are one of those things that can impact every aspect of our life. And in many respects, it's just a thing that we, um, in my experience, it's been people wanting to control their lives to the nth degree because so much is out of control in our life. And so those eating disorders are not reflective of how God wants us to eat and be nourished with his word and everything that he wants to do in us. You see, our lives are busy. And I heard a saying the other day that we live in a a cut flower generation where we can speak of justice and morals and peace and ethics and, and avoid establishing a deep foundation in God. So... What's outside of that is there's little, little left that's going to put down a deep root into God. If you're just living a cut flower generation so that it looks nice and it blooms for a little while, those roots are not going to grow and you're not going to sustain life and you're not going to produce other fruit. You see, I heard someone once say that it's not the fruit in the tree, but it's the fruit in the fruit. You see, the tree grows the fruit and the fruit grows the seeds that grow the trees that grow the fruit. See, it's self-sustaining and the kingdom of God needs to be like that too, that we are sustaining everything that God has put in us to do. But if we are not putting our roots down, we can become disconnected from the true vine and Jesus is the true vine and I'm going to get to him in a minute. But I'm laying a foundation here because the, the, the culmination of Everything that we do has got to be about Jesus. Jesus, our Saviour, Jesus, our Lord, Jesus, the bread of life, Jesus, the one who died for us. And and I could go on and on about him. Proverbs 16.25 said, There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end, the end thereof is death. See, man today is trying to give humanistic answers to spiritual problems to solve the emptiness in our souls. But it can't be done because only spiritual answers and Jesus is the answer for everything that ails us in this world. 
He is the Alpha and he is the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is the one who does exceedingly above all we ask or think. He is the one. So if we're looking for answers in things that are not based in God, those answers are going to be transient. They're going to be not eternal or potentially eternally bad. You only got to look at Hollywood and you look how they put a city up overnight and it looks wonderful and the lights are all on but it's a facade because at the end of the take, the end of the filming, that facade comes down and the street's empty again. And I don't want the church here in Murray Bridge all throughout the world and I know the Father Heart of God is that we not be a church of facade, that we be a church that preaches the Word of God. We preach Christ and Him crucified. We preach the power of the Holy Spirit. We preach the, the power of God's Word to change lives. We preach the power of God to bring miracles into lives, that we preach deliverance, that we know the hope we have in Christ and there's nothing that is a facade about any of that because it's deep and it's meaningful and it takes root and it grows in our lives but if we're looking just at the facade and what makes us feel good in a temporary sense it's not going to ever last for long what are we eating what are we eating what are we watching what are we listening to what are we saying is it reflecting God in our lives is it the inspiration that we have in our hearts that Jesus died for me or is it just a touchy-feely good good thing that is happening today I don't know but I know for me as for me and my house we will serve the Lord with all of our being with every fiber of our being until our very last breath and we will do it with an attitude of gratefulness and thankfulness because of the life that Jesus Christ has given us is there death in our pot is there death in our pot? What is in our pot that is causing us to walk in a way that is less healthy than what God wants us to walk? Hmm. Makes you think, doesn't it? And I don't want this to be heavy, but it is heavy. But I'm getting to the good bit. You see, the gourd was the only thing that was poisonous that went into the pot. And because of it, that gourd, that one poisonous thing, poisoned that whole pot. It made the whole pot useless and dangerous. That one thing that adulterated and filtered through the whole of that pot caused there to be death in that pot. And I think about things that we do in life. I remember before I got saved, the things that I did that were in my pot. I drank, I smoked, I did lots of stuff that I'm not proud of. Yet Jesus, in his absolute mercy and grace, put his hand down on me and raised me up out of a place where I was about to commit suicide, where I was about to die. And yet Christ, in his goodness, looked beyond all of the grunge and horror in my life and said, you... You're reaching out, I'm reaching down to you and I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to pull you out of that miry clay and I'm going to set you upon the rock. And all of us have got stories like that. I'm not unique. I am absolutely not unique because it's not about us, it's about Jesus. It's how good he is, how much God loves us and how much he has for us to do. How much he loves us how much he loves the world. And so if we understand how loved we are, 
and his hand upon every one of our lives, how can we not want to serve him with the fullness of all that we are? How can we not want to, to serve him with joy and with gladness? And how can we not want to reach out to others that are not yet believers and let them know that that same hope we have, that same Jesus who saved us, wants to save them, wants to love on them, wants to bring them into a place of incredible stability to heal them of the things that have caused them through whatever's happened in our lives the hurt, the pain, the suffering, the rejection, the sickness, that Jesus is the answer to everything. Amazing, amazing, amazing. You see, the men didn't know what they were putting in the pot. They thought they were doing the right thing. How easily we can be led astray by doing the good things, not the God things. How easily we can be deceived into thinking, well, if I just do this, this might make a difference. When really what we need to do is seek God for the God solutions in, in our lives and seek God for the things that are going to be added to our pot that are going to bring nourishment and going to bring sustenance and are going to feed us. So what happens? Elisha said, then bring some flour. So they've said there's death in the pot and they're all afraid. Could you imagine what that must have felt like? They're all sitting there having this hot stew and then realise that they've just poisoned themselves. And Elisha could just imagine him. Do you know we get to meet him one day? Isn't that an awesome thought? And he said... Then bring some flour. And he put it in the pot and he said, serve it to the people that they may eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. You see, Elisha healed the stew. In a previous section, he had healed the bitter waters with salt. He threw salt in and healed it. And this is an illustration that Elisha did something in the natural. He put the flour in to heal the stew but what it actually was was the divine healing of God through the flour or the meal some versions call it to bring the change to bring the healing to um, balance out the poison so that there was not going to be any adverse effects any negative effects and I thought about that the meal or the flour what is that the flour is the basis of bread the flour and water and salt were, were what bread was made of in the days. There was no leaven, there was no yeast. It was just put together and it was baked and it was the bread. And God's word is the bread that we need in our lives today. You see, everything else is transient. Unless we're applying the word of God in every aspect of our lives and unless we're taking hold of that word of God and receiving that word of God, then there's the potential for the death in our pots. What are we eating? Are we bringing the word of God into every part of our lives? Are we applying the scripture? Are we praying? Are we seeking him? Are we looking into the things that are, those things that are of concern for us? And every one of us is going through things. But what does the word say about our situation? Now, it might not technically say your hard drive has crashed. You need to get a Norton antivirus or something. But it would say, seek after the things you need to do. It would talk about being a good steward. It would talk about taking care of your situation. So you've got to read between the lines with some things. But some things are so clear. 
You shall not lie, you shall not steal, you shall not commit adultery, you know, and all of the commandments of God. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength and you will love your neighbour as yourself. Nothing ambivalent about that. Nothing confusing about that. That's a good pot because the flowers in it, you've put the word in it, you've put the bread in it. We preach God's word, we speak God's word. How are we going for time? I've got three minutes to finish. Wow. We preach the word, we speak the word, we live God's word and it's the supernatural power of the word of God that strengthens us and makes us whole and makes us healthy. It makes our pots full of good stuff. Say, I'm a pot. I may be cracked, but that's how the light comes out. Hebrews 5.14 says, But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. That solid food of the word, when we put that word of God into our hearts and into our minds, we transform, we're conformed by the renewing of our minds with the washing of of the word and it's only the word that will do that. And the more we know of the word, the more discerning we are and we are able, as in that scripture, to distinguish that which is good and that which is not. You see, deception's rife. And we need to be in the word constantly and in prayer and listening to what God is saying to us by his spirit so that we can really discern what's, what's genuine and what's counterfeit. And I need to finish. Let's look at the bread of life. His name is Jesus. John chapter 6, verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labour for the food which perishes, but for the food which is enduring to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you. Because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform them, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you, That you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him 
who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all that he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the flower in your pot. Jesus is the bread from heaven. Jesus is the answer for all that we need. And then John 6.51, Jesus, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Amazing. And I'm going to finish there. I've got more, but that might be another day. What are we eating? What are we taking hold of to find the sustenance and the satisfaction we need? What is it that you've put in your pot that you know is causing you to be a little off, a little sick, a little lacklustre, a little low in energy? What is the gourd that you've picked or someone's picked and put in your pot that is filtered through and is affecting the way you walk your life? Because I can tell you today, that word, that word is the answer for everything. Jesus is the bread. He's the flower. He's the light. He's the life. And when you bring that word into your situation, when you bring that into your pot, it cancels out all of the filth, all of the yuck, all of the poison. And you may still have to wade through some of the consequences of what's been in your pot, but the healing that comes from the word of God by his spirit when we pray and we appropriate his promises is the way that we come back into a place of absolute reality, absolute strength, absolute healing in God. It's a process, but it's so available for every single one of us. And you might be sitting here today or online saying, yeah, but I've done this, I've done that. It's too late. It's never too late. It is never too late to come back to Jesus. It's never too late to say, Lord God, the stuff in my pot that I've eaten, that I've been fed, that is not pleasing to you and it's affecting everything I do. Bring me the healing I need and he will. It's never too late. It's never too late. So as I close in prayer, I just want to ask today that the Holy Spirit would minister to everyone in this place and online and show you what it is, if there's anything, because there may not be, that you need cleansed from your pot. What are you eating? Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the power of your word. We thank you that in this place, Lord God, your presence is so tangible, so wondrous. We thank you today that you show us through your word the truth. You show us through your word life lessons. And Father, we don't want to be deceived by things that are in our pot that we think are all okay for whatever well-meaning reason we've had them in there. 
or for whatever has been placed upon us by others. And Lord God, we just commit to your hands now that, Lord God, we just, we just surrender to you and say, Lord, cleanse us. Take from us those things that are not pleasing to you, those things that are affecting everything that we do. And Lord God, speak your word of life and truth into our situation that we can be healed in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, for the example of that man of God, of Elisha. So calm and so clearly, let me fix it. And by a divine work of your hand, he put the flower in to give us that illustration that it's the word by your spirit that will bring us the healing we need. Father, if there's anyone in this place today who does not know you, has walked away from you, who wants to know you today, I pray that whatever is in their pot, they can recognise that you are the one that wants to bring the healing for each one as we need it. I pray, Lord God, for those that are in this place and those who are online that want to reach out and say, Jesus, take me, fill me, cleanse me, heal the pot. I pray right now and pray after me, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I give you my life now, all that I am, all that I've ever been and all that I ever will be. And I ask you to forgive me my sins, to wash me, to cleanse me and show me the things that you want to do in me and the things you want to do through me. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us. We would love to help you and resource you in your Christian walk. But for those of us also that we know that there is stuff in our lives that we need to lay down, we need to get rid of. Father, I pray right now by the power of your spirit that you would minister to everyone. You would show them through your word what the prescription is for each one to bring healing. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the bread of life. And you're the one that as we eat of that bread, you bring us all we need. We commit this whole service into your hands for everyone that is listening. Father, just speak to them. Show them your truth. And we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honour in Jesus' most wondrous and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am.